0: are amazing. You are awesome. Everything we learn about you is good. You are great, and you are greatly to be praised. We gather in your name tonight. We ask that you would bless us, that you would lead us, uh, that you would open our eyes, and that this would get in us, Lord, and that we can teach your word, that we would grab a hold of it and uh, digest it, and that we could teach it, that it would produce fruit in our lives. And, um, in Jesus' name, Amen. So Hebrews 5, 1, for every high priest, a high priest is different from just the regular priest, isn't he? He's the high priest. He was the one in the Old Testament that could go beyond the veil before Jesus rented the high priest for every high priest taken from among men is ordained. So they're put in the position by God is ordained for men and things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion, so the high priest can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, that are in error, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. So if he's unlike the Pharisees that are so fair, you see, that are so good, if he's unlike the Pharisee, he can have mercy on the ignorant and them that are out of the way because he recognizes in himself, he discerns in himself his weaknesses and his sins. And by reason hereof, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. So he not only had to offer an offering for uh, the, the people, he had to do it for himself. That's unlike Christ. Christ was sinless. He never had to offer an uh, offering for himself. And no man taketh this honor to himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Read in the book of Numbers when they challenged Moses and Aaron, the number of people that died because of it. This They were ordained. They were put into this position. And when Korah and his rebellious foes said, we're holy like you, they found out the earth opened up and swallowed them. And then they presented their staffs, and, and the one that was chosen, their staff budded, and it even produced fruit, and that was Aaron's. So no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. It is a calling, the high priest. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So the son and the high priest, get get that. So also glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, to the one that said that. Today have I begotten thee, and he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the witness of the father, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. The same one said, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron. Melchizedek is a priest that we will discuss in chapter 7. He predates Aaron. He's not a Levitical priest. And we're going to find out that he is not just a priest. He is a king priest. He's a king and a priest. The priest in um in the days of the law came from the tribe of Levi. But Jesus comes from what tribe? Judah, the tribe of Judah. Who comes from Judah? The kings. He is a king priest. He is king and he is priest. So in, who in the days of his flesh... When he was in his flesh here, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, did he suffer? Did he hurt strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death? And why was he heard? And was heard in that he feared. feared. Though he was a son, though he weren't a son, yet learned he what? Obedience by the things which he suffered. So he didn't take an easy way out, did he? He he obeyed the Father. He he did his his he's a, got a dual nature and he obeyed. And being made perfect, he became what? After, 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 after. To all them that obey him, obedience is so important to the gospel. The gospel message will save us, but we must obey it called a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He's not a Levitical priest. When you see those pictures of Jesus as a high priest, and they and they have the uh, thing on the front with all the stones and the sons of uh, Israel, that's not right, okay? That's not it. If you want to see how he looks in this high priesthood, look to Revelation. He's got white hair. He's got a robe down to his foot, and he's got on a golden um golden sash, actually that's not exactly right, around around his chest. So called a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say. The author of this Hebrews wants to tell you a lot about your high priest. He's got two more chapters. He's going to keep talking about the high priest. Seeing you are dull of hearing. Oh, we're not dull of hearing. We're on the edge of our seats tonight. We are prepared. We are ready. So for when for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles, that's like your ABCs, that's the first principles. You can't write a sentence or write a paragraph or write a letter or a thesis or anything until you learn those first principles. But the reason you learn them is so you can do what comes later, huh? But he's saying, you ought to be teachers, but you have need that one teach you, which be the first principles or the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. So you're not to maturity, and there's they're showing us that Christ was mature. And then now they're talking to the people listening. You're not mature yet. You're dull of hearing, and you're still learning the principles. You're not able to teach. For everyone that is useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their, ex, has their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So it's not that you just need more knowledge to get skilled. It may, you need to practice. You've got to put it into practice. And that's where you get the skills. That's where uh, you do. So he is a priest for how long? Forever. After the order of who? Okay. So, this first chapter, who being the... We're going to go back through chapters 1 through 4, and we're going to discuss, just pull a few verses out of what we've already learned so we can build upon that foundation of the priesthood. So, Hebrews 1, 3, who being... The brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had purged our sins, set down where? Okay, so who's on the throne? G- yes, yes, he's on the throne. So the term right hand often serves in scripture as a metaphor for power and authority. Remember? All power is given unto me. He's the heir. Remember chapter 1? He inherited all of this. So he who suffered the ultimate humiliation on the cross now occupies the supreme position of exaltation. The statement that Jesus sat down is significant. In that priest of the old covenant, did they sit down? No, was there a chair in the temple or the tabernacle for them to sit down? No, because their job was never finished because they always had to continually do what? Offer a sacrifice. But it very plainly says, look at our verse. Uh, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty. on how waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. So chapter 2 what did we learn? We learned in verses 10 and 11 for it became him for whom are all things by whom are all things so that's deity for he's fully god he's fully human in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what Suffering, we keep hearing this. We keep hearing this because of what he suffered, he was perfected, the captain of our salvation. For both he that sanctifieth, that's make holy, that he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So he had to become this perfect high priest, and he has this ministry of sanctifying us. He's we talked about positional sanctification where when we're baptized, you know, we're we're sinless and we're in the position of being holy, but then the word of God works on us. Sanctify us through thy truth, for thy word is truth. And if you study sanctification, you'll see it in all three, you'll see it. One, you know, one time that we're sanctified by the blood, then you'll see it, the process of sanctification. And then you'll see places where it talks about sanctification, future, future tense. I guess that's when we get our new body. I'm not sure. So Hebrews asserts that not only the humanity of the son, but also his deity. It shows both. He created everything. He upholds everything. He did this. He did that. But it also talks about the flesh. And the word captain conveys the idea of one who leads off and indicates that Jesus shared completely in our human nature, completely in our human nature. And I've already talked to you about being made perfect and being made complete. So going on, chapter three, we just have one verse. Wherefore, holy brethren, the ones that are sanctified, that he calls into the family of God, and we talked about what a privilege it was to be in the family of God, partakers of the heavenly calling. What? What has been set before us? Consider the apostle. That's the one that was sent with the message and how he was faithful to his father with the message. Consider the apostle and the high priest of what? Our of our profession. And then in that chapter 3, we went to the children of Israel and how they did not profess God and his promises in his ways and exhort one another so that they never made it to what they were called into. They never made it into the promised land. And we talked about how we're to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to urge one another to continue in the faith and to continue in the word of God. So in our lesson on chapter 3, we compared this consider Jesus, consider the apostle and high priest. We compared it to another scripture about consider. Do you remember what it was? Consider the ravens. Consider the ravens and how God supplies for them. Do you remember that? So we said to consider was to think about something until we learned the lesson. Until we got it, to mull it over till we get it. He's able to supply our needs. What's our greatest need? eternal life, salvation. We don't have to miss it like they did, the children of Israel. We can keep going. We don't have to miss it like the second generation out of Egypt. They never entered into his rest. We have a high priest that's already gone there, that was was human, that shared in our suffering and temptations, but he's already overcome it, and he is on the throne, and he's got grace and mercy for us. So, the lesson we're to, to consider the lesson that Jesus is able to supply all of our needs, all of our needs. And our greatest need is eternal life. So, chapter 4, talking about the high priest, verses 14 through 16, seeing then that we have a what kind of high priest? Great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, who? The son of God, let us hold fast. What? He's able to supply our needs. And when we look around at others, don't think they can't make it to heaven. Think he's able to supply their needs. It doesn't matter how dark it is, how bad it is, how sinful it is. Remember how pastor taught about our attitude, our attitude that there's more than enough to get it done. There's more than enough. That's an attitude of faith, but seeing things by faith. Fifteen, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows we're weak. He knows we are. Some days I just feel like pulling the covers over my head. It's too much for me. It really is. At times, it's just too hard. But then the next day, I'm encouraged. I'm built up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to run the race. He knows my bad days. He knows my good days. He knows that. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without what? He never sinned. Let us, therefore, because of this great high priest, the son of God that has gone into heaven, uh that can be touched with our infirmities, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. If anybody other than a Levite got close to the tabernacle, they were killed. They were murdered in the Old Testament. Now we as sons of God can go into the Holy of Holies. How privileged we are that we may obtain mercy, that's compassion and grace in time of need. So remember, too, what was coming out of the children of Israel's mouth in the wilderness. It was not the profession of faith. It was not exhorting each other to continue on God's way. It was sin. What's coming out of your mouth? Examine it. They murmured. They complained. They had hard hearts. Do you remember us talking about hard hearts? They had hard hearts. They refused to believe God could. Look at the situations around you. It's a dark day. People are hurting People have no hope. They're greatly discouraged. What's coming out of your mouth? Is the word of God coming out of your mouth? They had hard hearts. They refused to believe God could and would do all that he had promised them. They did not seek God in prayer. They were too carnal. They were not spiritual. We are to learn from their bad example and to consider Jesus's good example. What he was called to do was terribly difficult for him, but he did not stop short. He's the captain of our salvation. He's already passed into the heavens. He's on the throne. He took his difficulties to the Father in prayer as an example for us. So tonight, we're studying chapter 5. And we've got 14 verses, verses 1 through 10, Christ's qualifications. Say qualifications. qualifications. To become, to be our high priest, and then signs of being dull of hearing. So what qualifications are necessary to serve as high priest? You'll find that in verse 1 and verse 4. To be taken from among men, he had to be a man, he had to be a man, And two, to be called of God, ordained, chosen by God, picked by God. And what are the duties performed by the high priest? To offer sacrifices for sin. We know he offered a one-time offering. And to have compassion on the ignorant and straying. What did he say from the cross? For they know not what they do. He had compassion on the thieves that were next to him and tried to win them. In Jesus' time here on earth, there was a high priest. Does anybody know his name? High priest during Jesus' day, Caiaphas. And he had been appointed by whom? The Roman government politics got into the church. In John chapter 11, the high priest called a gathering of the Sanhedrin in reaction to the raising of Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. Jesus raised him. And, buddy, this stirred the priest up, okay? (laughs) Caiaphas considers with the chief priests and Pharisees what to do about Jesus, whose influence was spreading. They worry that if they let him go on like this, raising people from the dead, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place, our holy place, and our nation. They were in it for themselves. They loved their high seats. They loved their beautiful robes and being respected by men. Caiaphas makes a political calculation suggesting that it would be better for one man, which is Jesus, to die than for the whole nation to be destroyed. What an evil evil high priest and how unlike jesus he was jesus gave his life for us offering himself as a ransom for all who believes he wasn't concerned about his robe he took his glory off he lowered himself and came to this earth for us that we might be covered what a merciful compassionate high priest and how unlike the priest of his day he was and is So who chose Jesus Christ to become high priest? Our verse 5 says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee, as he saith in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And that a priest represents the people and thus must identify with their human nature. He represents us. He had to be a human. He has to identify us. He represents us, but he also represents God to the people and thus must be called by God to his office. The citation of Psalm 110, 4, which they're quoting here in these verses, links the Messiah's high priesthood with Melchizedek rather than Aaron's and demonstrates that his priesthood predated and was superior to that of the priest who served under the Old Covenant, a better priesthood, a superior one. So the author uses two uh, verses, two Psalms, two different Psalms, Psalms 2 and Psalm 110 to prove his point. And we've already talked about this. Uh, the Lord saying, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee and saying, uh, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So Christ did not call himself to the office of high priest. The Father called him to the honor, and both Psalm 2-7 and one ten are cited to prove this fact. Psalm 2-7 is also quoted in Hebrews 1-5. Do y'all remember that? We went to Psalms 2 to prove Christ's superiority to the angels. And now the writer uses it to prove Christ's special relationship with God the Father, he would talk to the Father. The quote from Psalm one ten four highlights the eternal nature, say eternal nature, eternal nature. of Jesus' priesthood. He will be mediator between God and us forever. Can we see God? God is a John 4. Who knows John 4? God is a spirit. spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. My father seeks those that will worship him. He's told the woman at the well, if you just knew what I had for you, I would give you this gift. And it would overflow. So we've got to get that he is the mediator. He is the high priest. He is the pontifex, the priest, the bridge builder between God and man. When we've seen God, the man of Jesus, we've seen what? The Father, because we can't see an invisible spirit, can we? Can we? Didn't we go to a verse that said God is invisible? He's invisible. We can't see him. So the manifestation of God is the Son, Jesus Christ. He robed himself in flesh and came to this earth. There's only one God and one mediator between man and God, the man, Christ, Jesus. That's it. So Hebrews 5, five. so too Christ did not bore himself by himself to be made a high priest, but he was exalted and appointed by the one who said, you are my son. Today I have begotten, fathered you, and declared your authority to rule over the nations. So Jesus is qualified to be our high priest. Remember the qualifications? Taken from among men, able to have compassion on the ignorant and the straying. And we've already talked about this from 2.17. He was tempted in every way we are, uh, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. And then uh, 2.10, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to, I think I've been saying this wrong. I don't think it's secure. I think it's succor, them that are tempted. So our high priest, what he, which one is it? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. I thought maybe you knew. I really wanted to know. So our high priest, what he experienced, vehement cries. Godly fear. It says he was heard in that he feared. That means he he had awe for God. He had deep respect and reverence for God above everything else. He feared. The hymn at Christ, godly fear, what he learned. Obedience. He learned obedience through the things which he suffered. So seven, in the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he needed with fervent crying and tears to the one who was always able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission, or some translations say his fear, that's verse seven, toward God. So the Apostolic Bible has a good footnote on this. It says, Jesus' prayer to his father arose out of his genuine humanity. This phenomenon does not reflect a case of one divine person praying to another, an idea that violates Scripture's radical monotheism, that God is one God. That would violate that principle, okay? And is difficult to distinguish from belief in two gods. So that's not what's happening here, the Apostolic Bible says. It says it would also indicate subordination of one divine person to another, rendering the one praying to the other. So that's not what's happening here. So what is happening? But neither were the prayers of Jesus a case of our Lord praying to himself. That's not happening here. Apostolic Bible, the uh, part of our uh, movement. For Jesus possessed a complete human psyche by means of which he communicated with other people and with God, just as any human being does. He had a dual nature. He was God and he was man. God manifest in the flesh. The prayers of Jesus, for example, in Matthew 26, 39, indicated the completeness of his human nature in that he subordinated his human will to God's. Say, so he, he subordinated. his To God's. To God's. He did it. Real easy to understand, isn't it? Do <laughs> you, you don't think that maybe he did that for our example? No, I think that he was, I think that um, one of the persons that I respect the most, I do think he did it, for example, but is uh, David Bernard. And he wrote a lot of the commentary in Apostolic Bible. And he wrote, if you read the article on oneness, it's really good. And like print the different things out. But, but he, had, he had to choose. He willingly laid his life down. As a man, he chose to do God's will. The man chose to do the Father's will, God's will. It's very hard to understand. It says that it's a mystery. It says that it's hard to understand. But it says that if we don't have the son, we don't have the father. If we don't have the son, do you know that scripture? If we don't have the son, we don't have the father. So we have to understand the mediator, the man, Christ Jesus, and what he did for us. So, And being found in fashion as a man, this is Philippians 2.8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So that's what he did for us. So Jesus' human life was not a script that he just passively followed, was it? Just wasn't all downhill for him and just, you know, just didn't open up. You know, just have you ever seen, you know, where, where the gates would just open as you walk forward and everything would just, you know, that's not what life was like. It was a life he chose freely. It was a continuous process of making the will of the Father his own. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. He prayed, his humanity prayed to deity in his humanity, not my will, but thine be done. It was a continuous process of making the will of the Father his own. He chose to obey, even though obedience led to suffering and death, because he obeyed perfectly, say perfectly, even under trial, he can help us obey. Can he help us? Yes. No matter how difficult obedience seems to be. And it says that he learned obedience. He learned it from the things he suffered. Jesus experienced all of what a person goes through on this earth. He knows how difficult it is to obey completely. Just as he understands the attractions of temptation. It says he was tempted in every way that we're tempted. You can't tempt God. God can't be tempted. So his humanity was tempted in every way. Can God be tempted? Neither tempted the any, uh, another man. So what part of him was tempted? His flesh. His flesh was tempted. Yet he persisted in obedience, leading a sinless life. Moving on to verse 9. And having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared as Savior, and retaining his uh, integrity amid opposition... He became the source of what? Eternal salvation to all those who obey him. So the word translated made perfect relates to maturity. The phrase does not suggest that Jesus had not been perfect before. That's not what we're talking about. It means that he successfully carried out God's plan for him. He endured suffering and temptation so that he could truly function as our high priest, understanding our weaknesses and interceding before God for us. So what did Jesus become through suffering? The author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him, Hebrews 12 to looking unto Jesus the what author. and of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God and author means cause our source so the source of our salvation eternal salvation The cause of our eternal salvation. Jesus' obedience to the Father led him to Calvary. His own death on the cross. The sacrifice of this sinless one in our place makes him the source of our salvation. And what has been offered us, eternal salvation, means the elimination of a verdict on our sin. We can be presented faultless. Faultless before his presence. No fault. The setting aside of judgment and the award of membership in God's family. The inheritance of it all. It changes our destiny completely. Is there hope for mankind? Oh, yes. A new awakening, a new hope, an overcoming of the second death. Salvation turns a person toward heaven And it begins a life of discipleship with Christ, learning his word, walking in his word. It is God's vote for you. If God be for us, who can be against us? It's God's invitation to you. It's God's energy invested in you, filling you with his word, filling you with his spirit. Salvation is the reason that you can smile in the morning, And lay your head down and sleep peacefully at night because of what he's done for you and what he continues to do in you. So Jesus is a better priest. Jesus' high priestly role was superior to any priest of Levi because the Messiah was a priest of higher rank. We've already uh, talked about that. If the Jewish priests and their laws had been able to save people, why would God need to send Christ as a priest, who came not from the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe, but from the tribe of Judah? The animal sacrifices had to be repeated under uh, the Levitical priesthood again and again and again, and they were offered only—they uh, offered only temporary forgiveness, just a covering of sin. Those sins came up again every year. But Christ's sacrifice was offered once, and it offers total and permanent forgiveness. Under the new covenant, the Levitical priesthood was canceled because of Christ's superior priesthood. Because Christ is our high priest, we need to pay attention to him. He's the captain of our salvation. But problems, problems, problems. Though the author had much more to say, what made the author's subject difficult to continue and explain was that his readers were dull of hearing. The subject was getting monotonous to them. Same old, same old. They weren't getting it. What should the readers have been capable of that time? Teaching. Able to teach. And he had, the author had much more to say. But it will be hard to explain to the readers of this letter because they are dull of hearing. They're sluggish. When these people heard the word of God, they were not quick to accept it. They weren't good students. They had grown even more lazy in their faith. So explaining the truth to them would be difficult. Now let's take another look at verses 1 and 2 of this chapter or two especially he is able to deal gently with the spiritually ignorant and misguided since he is also subject to human weakness or he can reasonably bear with them he is surrounded by weakness the apostolic bible says oh the three terms the new testament uses to emphasize the causes of sin the first two appear in this verse the reason we sin the t- first two appear and uh the verse ignorant ignorance often refers to innocent ignorance but there is an ignorance for which people are responsible they're going to be responsible Ephesians 4:18 for their and this is the amplified for their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded they are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it because of their willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them. Because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. That's Ephesians 4.18. Willingly ignorant. And then the other word for sin is inattention or disobedience. And it is translated out of the way. He's able to have mercy. In some cases, this word means Deception. That could have been avoided. They're out of the way. Mark 13, 5 and 6. Jesus began to say to them, be careful and see to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name, misusing my name or claiming to be the Messiah, saying I am he, and will deceive and mislead many. You know, there's a lot of preaching going on that you can sin in any way. And because of the sacrifice that Christ gave as our high priest, you're saved. But that's not what this word says. Remember when we read Hebrews 10? That if they got punished under the first covenant, everything, how much worse would it be under the new covenant for those that had trampled underfoot the Son of God, his blood? So it's a very fearful thing to fall at the hands of living God. So we've got to continue in this word. We've got to know this word. And we've got to gently be able to tell people that are believing these demonic uh, doctrines and things that are taught. We're living in a dark day and we are priests. It says that in Peter. We are called to be priests. And one of the jobs of a priest is to teach. Say teach. 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 And he's saying you should be teachers, but you're having to, be. we're going back over the very principles of this because you're not mature. And when we're mature, we start reproducing. We start, we start discerning what the Lord wants us to do, how to share his word, how to use it. Look around you. People have no hope. They're living in sin. They think they're saved and it's not good. And we know the answer. We know the answer. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or share in the kingdom of God? Do me not be deceived. And then a long list of sins and sinful lifestyles. Do you hear that preached? We do. We do in our movement. But there's many, many, many that never hear that. They need to be warned. Galatians 6:7 do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor it with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows this and this only is what he will reap. That's amplified. You're going to reap what you sow. If you're living in sin, you're going to get the wrath of God. It's coming on the disobedient, those that have not obeyed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Antichrist is at work, and his spirit is at work deceiving people. But guess what spirit's in us? That can be teaching people, that can be warning people, that can be encouraging people. But we have to have faith that God can help them. We have to see it. Jesus saw it. If we have his spirit in us, we should see it too. We've got to be mature. Led by evil spirits. We can be led by ourselves. We can be ignorant of the word of God and go astray because we're ignorant. So for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He is a babe. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual. I didn't mean to go there. I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. 1 Corinthians three, one. 1 Corinthians 3.2, I have fed you with milk, this is Paul, and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. 1 Peter 2.2, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So we already talked about the principles, the very basics, the ABCs, the addition, the subtraction, that are supposed to lead to the higher Bigger things. First principles are the elements out of which everything else develops. So the Jewish Christians were immature. Some of them should have been teaching others, but they had not even applied the basics to their own wives. They were reluctant to move beyond age-old traditions, established doctrines, and discussions of the basics. They wouldn't be able to understand the high priestly role of Christ unless they moved out of their comfortable position Cut some of their Jewish ties and stop trying to blend in with their culture. Commitment to Christ moves people out of their comfort zone into their growing up zone. First Corinthians 14 20, brethren, be ye not children in understanding, howbeit in malice, being being men to somebody, be a child, but in understanding be men. They did not necessarily lack information concerning righteousness they lacked experience in practicing it maturity comes from practicing what you have been taught and what you have read and learned so three duties of the priests to offer gifts and sacrifices to be merciful and faithful and to teach three different duties for every high priest we've already talked about So how do we, as priests, offer gifts and sacrifices? We know Christ has offered the one sacrifice, but what does Romans 12 tell us to do? Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get this word in you. Get renewal in there that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God so that your life, you can prove it, you can operate in it, you can do it. But we have to, it's not what we say. We don't put ourselves in a position, do we, Avery? No, we have to be ordained. We have to be put there by God. This is your position. This is what you're doing. So, as New Testament priests, we offer him the sacrifice of praise. For calling us out of darkness into this wonderful light of his word. Into this wonderful fellowship with him and the saints of God. Those that are being sanctified and merciful. He was merciful. Are we as priests to be merciful? Yes. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain merciful. Are we being merciful as we look around in this dark world to those that are going astray? to those that are weak in the faith, to those that have not been taught the right way, and then the third duty to teach. In 2 Chronicles 15, 3 says, Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God. Sounds like America. For a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. Do you have confidence in the word of God and what it is able to accomplish in a person's life? Your actions will show if you do. Your actions will show if you do. Do you know it in word or do you know it in word and deed? Are you doing it? Isaiah fifty five eleven. so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereunto I send it. So God's word is similar to rainfall. It will produce fruit. Just as water enlivens and strengthens a withering rose, God's word produces life in the hearts of sinners. sinners quickened by the word, it says. Quickened, coming to life by the word. The word of God waters and causes growth. In Isaiah 56, 8, it says, The Lord God which gathereth the outcast of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others, talking about the Gentiles, and we need to get this mentality. It's not just we four and no more. It's not just our families. He wants to gather others. He wants to add daily such as should be saved to this. Priests have a duty to proclaim the Word of God. We have a life-giving message to all that will believe, hear, receive, and obey it. This message works. When it is proclaimed, God works with us as we proclaim it. He's working in their hearts. Let our confidence be in Him, and let us overcome our weaknesses, our anxieties, our fears. Let us reverence and fear Him. We are priests. First Peter two nine, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Revelation one six and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So look around you at the world. Look at the damage that sin has caused and is causing. There's pain in their faces, loss, fear, hopelessness. Jesus and his message, they are the answer and the only solution to the sin problem in our lives and in the lives of those that you look around and see. He doesn't really look like he wants that plate, does he? Leroy don't want that ball, does he? But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age mature understanding even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil become sensitive to the spirit of god the grown-up son that bruce taught us about the weas that can be led by the spirit of god not the technon not the baby son that's when we're born We've got to grow up in him. In order to grow from a baby Christian to a grown-up Christian, we must learn discernment. We must train our consciences, our senses, our minds, and our bodies to distinguish good from evil. Can you recognize the Lord's voice? Can you recognize the leading of the Spirit and what he has to say to this generation and how he wants you to serve him in your priesthood? Our capacity to feast on deeper knowledge of God's strong meat is determined by our spiritual growth. Are we studying the lessons that are being taught? Are we taking notes? Pastor told us to. Are we studying them? Are we sharing them with others? Remember, gather up the fragments because you might not need it now, but you'll need it down the road. You'll have a situation. If you put your mind to this and you work on this, God will use you. For his glory in building his kingdom. Our capacity to feast on deeper knowledge. Strong meat is determined by our spiritual growth. Too often we want God's banquet before we're spiritually capable of digesting it. But as you grow in the Lord and as you practice it, you'll start discerning spiritual things. And as you get hungry to serve him and to make your calling and election sure. When at what time is it Bruce? I want to tell you about witnessing to Denzel at the gym. We were going to the gym, and the first time I ever saw him, I felt fear. And I don't mean just a little bit fear. I mean a lot of fear to where I left the area that he was in. I left the area he was in. I did not feel comfortable, and I told my husband, I don't feel comfortable about that man. I feel fear. But after praying and fasting, meeting people in the gym, calling their names, and uh, one of the pastors here preaching about witnessing, after that, the Lord showed me to witness to this man, to witness to him, to tell him that what we had going on at our church, we had the agro classes, and to invite him. And he full-heartedly jumped onto it and loved coming and set through Search for Truth Bible studies for that. So the word, the seed, was planted into our hearts. I would have missed it. Had I not been praying, fasting, hearing the preached word, taking notes on it, praying over it. If I had, I felt fear in my natural man. I wanted to avoid him. But what was the Lord saying? This one right here. This one right here. Didn't Peter feel the same thing? Oh, Lord, not the Gentiles, not Cornelius' house. We've got to hear the voice of God. We've got to be led by him. Praying, God, please, I want to win souls. When I stand before you, I want to have done your will. I don't want to waste my life on foolish things. Out for my daily walk, just recently, come across a little girl in our neighborhood, has wrecked her bike. She's only five, and there's nobody attending her. She's riding her bike in the neighborhood unattended. I help her get her bike back up. She starts following me. I'm out walking, singing praises to God, trying to memorize scripture. And she starts talking to me and she says, can I, can I ride? Can I go with you? Can I go with you? And I said, yeah, you can go along as I walk. What, What are you doing? What are you doing tonight? I'm going to church. Can I come? Oh Lord, I've been praying for it. And here it is right in front of me, right in front of me. But would it have been if I had not been seeking it and praying for it and asking for it, but it's not the way we expect it to be. Sweet lady that we brought to church. She said, I'm having a difficult time finding a ride to church. God forbid. We owe a huge debt. A huge debt. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present yourself a living sacrifice. Look how he served us. And the story of witnessing to two girls at a bed and breakfast... We had taken Phillips Bible study questions along with us on a little holiday we had for ourselves. And we were spending much time in the Word of God. And we were at the breakfast table of a and b and it was very, very crowded at the breakfast table. There were many people there. And one of the ladies that was there told us, said, you know, my mother said, or either my grandmother told me, If I had something nice to say about something, to say it. And she said, I want you to know that you glow. You glow. Well, we'd been in the Word constantly. We'd been in the Word. I got that from somebody else. uh, John and Kathy um, that owned the gym that we went to. He told me, he said, yeah, I told my sister, I've got to meet this woman. She just glows. Well, what was I listening to when I was in the gym? The Word of God meditating on it, praying. What was in my heart and mind? Lord, who is it? Who do you want me to know? Meeting people, being friendly to people, it wasn't so much about being there to exercise. It was about the ministry of reconciliation. That's what it was about. So there were two particular women that were at this breakfast table, and they were celebrating their marriage, two women. Mm -hmm. I that I felt disgust, and I just wanted uh, them to be quiet. I wanted to enjoy my vacation. I just wanted it all to go away. But the next morning, I ended up at the table with those two ladies by myself. And I sat there, and I barely, and when I mean barely, I barely sensed that God might want to use me. I felt nothing. I had no idea what I might say. But I just sat there and I was like, God, if you want to use me, then use me. You just use me. So I just sat there eating my breakfast and just pondering what might happen. And if there was a sea and you were a surfer and it was as flat as it could possibly be, and all of a sudden a heap started coming up, and it picked you up on your surfboard, and it carried you in. Stuff already coming out of my mouth. I do not know one thing that I said to them. Not one thing. And one of them kept saying, I've never thought about that. 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 Priest walked through the room and just looked like this. <laughs> like, what is going on? God's got a priesthood for us merciful able to have compassion on those people willing to teach believing that the word of god can change their life study samuel's life born in a very very dark day much corruption in the priesthood but he sought the lord and he when the word of god was scarce he brought the prophetic word of god to the tabernacle, insomuch that their enemies, which were who? The Philistines, came not against Israel anymore all the days of Samuel. We have power to push this darkness back and to bring this light into the heart of man. And that's what he did for us. Let us follow our great high priest and consider him. In Jesus' name. Let's give Jill a hand for that. That was a powerful word. <laughs> Lord, don't let us take this for granted that you are our priest and that you love us and you paid the price for our sins. And it's not your will that any should perish. But help us to to, uh, to reach, to hear your voice, to be led by your spirit. I pray your blessings upon us as we leave tonight. I pray that we be enriched, that we be empowered, that we be exhorted, that we exhort one another. Drink for another day, for another day.